0: Blog Talk Radio. Come get you live! It is Buzzworthy Radio, where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite children's stars. Buzzworthy starts now!
1: Hi, welcome to a new episode of Buzzworthy Radio here on BlogTalkRadio.com at BuzzworthyRadio.net. I'm your host, Novell J. Lee. It is Tuesday, October 18, 2011. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific time on your internet streaming computers. Later on in the show, we'll be chatting with Bob Bergen, who is the voice of Porky Pig and Cartoon Network's original series, The Looney Tunes Show. But first, she recently returned to Salem as Carrie Brady with Austin Reed on her arm on NBC Daytime's Days of Our Lives. Christy Clark gave us a few minutes of her time to basically discuss what's going on in Salem. Let's take a listen. Hi Christy, how are you?
2: Really good. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for uh, taking a few minutes out of your time to speak with me again today.
2: Absolutely. We spoke. We spoke. We. we not I've spoken to you before, yeah? Yeah, we know, did. I definitely know your name.
1: Yeah, we did speak before. It was like a couple of oh, years ago, I think it was.
2: Okay, cool. Well, nice to chat again.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. I had to I, I had to re-upload that promo you did for me simply because of your return
2: ah uh-huh.
1: good <laughs> So I'm here with the lovely Christy Clark Who has just recently returned to Days of Our Lives As Carrie, oh my god, one of my favorite characters by the way oh, And good. yeah, Well, of course And <laughs> I, mean, I, grew, I mean, look, this is a character I grew up with Way back in the day when I first started watching Days of Our Lives So of course, this is going to be one of my favorite characters You've been through God, I'm about to go through this stuff that we went through in the last conversation I mean the punch that was heard around the world that was the punch at the wedding where you just basically punched in' life out, so yeah, know.
2: that's yeah a favorite a favorite of everyone, from the cast to the fans. It's good fun,
1: it's funny. That I look at that scene now, and I'm just like, yeah, that punch was weak, <laughs> so Back that it was just like the greatest thing ever, <laughs> yeah yeah.
2: Because everyone wanted me to do it so bad. Absolutely. Yeah, that was good fun stuff. I'm going to have to go back and YouTube that. It's up there.
1: Tell it's up the there.
2: Thing. Good.
1: I'm Twitter, Twitter, Twitter it to you. Please,
2: uh,
1: please, Oh, call. okay, do. Absolutely. So now that, now that Carrie's back in Devon, she's a lawyer. She What
2: yeah. Say that last bit again. I was like, what did I miss here? I was like, she just that is is now a lawyer. I'm like, hey, hey, you know that can happen on a soap opera. Last time I left, I was—I think I was was that chief of staff? No, no, no. I wasn't chief. Of, I was PR for uh, chief of staff with Mike. Uh, and so yeah, Carrie's gone, gone to law school and and she's been living in Europe with Austin. And I guess it's been five, six years. So it could have happened.
1: Five, six years and dog years, maybe? Yeah, <laughs>
2: absolutely. Don't ask too many questions. This is a soap opera.
1: <laughs> this is true. I mean, you get but, sore acting so soap like, no tomorrow. I mean, come on. Carrie is like one the one minute, and then all of a sudden she's like a 12-year-old girl next year. So there you <laughs> have it. Ah, well, that's sweet. I. It, <laughs> I watched uh, this episode before we started this conversation, and, and it, I, I have to say that this story with Carrie and Austin—it's it sort going of to lead to a lot of angst between the two because of what's going on with Jake and character of, of John Black right now. But that, that's that's pretty interesting. It
2: is about? interesting. It's it's good because that is the heart of of Carrie. That John is is the reason Carrie is who she is. He was the one constant in her life. And to have Austin not believe in him—the the the only other man that is in Carrie's heart the way Austin is—you know, like those are her two men that it, those are the the ones she would protect and she would die for. So Absolutely. for Austin to 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 not believe in him and to suddenly switch from being all about family to not believe in a family is just odd and frustrating and. It, it, it hurts.
1: This is going to be interesting. So Not only are we going to find out what happened when John and Malena was away, now we're going to get to the root of what is going on between, what, what is happening with Austin, because it just seems like Austin is completely different from when we last saw him. So, like, exactly what changed? Like, what, what uh, happened? He,
2: Patrick's wondering the same thing. He doesn't know. He's like, wait, last time I was here, and he, and he knows that, you know, he hasn't, Played Austin the full time, but right, he knows right. he knows what Austin was back in '91, and and uh, you know he he's trying to figure out himself. And we take it to heart. We you know you start living these lives a little bit. You can't help yeah. it when you're in that world every day.
1: Oh, absolutely. So, and,
2: and you add obviously lots of yourself to the character, so. He's he's trying he's struggling with it himself.
1: <laughs> well, who knows better than the, char- than the character they're playing than the person that's playing it? You know, you yeah, yeah. he plays the part for so long, because you kind of know exactly what Carrie is about. They uh, just have to have some option. friction,
2: and and I, you know, it's a good way to do it actually. But it's just it's not like Austin to to be that way. So, well, I, uh, it'll be interesting to see it. I know they have a plan. And they've done some fabulous stuff with, you know, just finally having those scenes with Drake and Dee, who I've grown up with, literally, uh, and to have that history. And the, the stuff with Sammy, you know, we're trying desperately to be good sisters for the first time. Right. But you can't get rid of that bad blood. And they're writing that, and they're doing such a great job with just remembering the history. I mean, they must have... Let's watch uh, shows from the past days or something because, well, they must have been fans from the past, the writers and Greg, and they're just really nailing it as far as the history goes, from it's my end, anyway.
1: It's interesting you brought that up because, you know, there's been a lot of people on 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 Twitter, a lot of dates fans have been coming out of Woolworths saying that this definitely is like days of old because... They they know the history. They're using the history within the show of what made these characters the way they are. So it's really interesting that you said that because it it is true. And I'm glad to hear somebody on the show that actually said that point blank right now.
2: Good. Well, I mean, I've watched a lot of old stuff on YouTube and stuff. And, you know, just to kind of reconnect with my past when I'm coming back to work, you, you forget things that have happened. Uh... And to watch the simplicity and the lightness and the romance of, you know, the late 80s and early 90s, it was so simple and it was all about family and all about love, and that's what everyone loves. And it's su- such a simple formula, and I think they, they're just getting back to it. And I, I, would, I would love to be a fly on the wall at at the, uh, the writing sessions <laughs> and they're just doing I they, I I'm so excited for them and it's inspiring all of us to do a good job. So kudos to them.
1: Absolutely. And I was stunned beyond belief that we got the original Austin coming back here and it was like you you and Patrick Muldoon coming back on the team. What was that initial reaction like? It was like, Wow, I get to play with the original Austin again because he really wasn't there for that long of a time, I get to reconnect with you now.
2: Say that last bit again.
1: What was that like when when it was announced that Patrick was coming back into the role of Austin? I was like, wow, I get to play with the original Austin again. I, I haven't played with him for so long. In, 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 you know, what was that reconnection like? Well, I've,
2: I've, again, I've watched some old stuff of, of Carrie and Austin and it was such a wonderful romance and the bad boy and the the good girl, the Romeo and Juliet type storyline, and it was really compelling. And um, he originated the role, so I think you know when someone is good and they originate a role, it's it's kind of hard for the fans to see anybody else in that position.
0: Right.
2: And I know that they've always wanted to see him back, but he was off trying to be a rock star and you know doing movies and having a gay old time so now i think he's starting to think about other things for the first time in his life his sister just had a baby a year ago and i think it's finally starting to hit him that how many 40 year old rock stars do you, do you see that make it all of a sudden and <laughs> he has <laughs> this this wonderful thing on his doorstep and let he loves acting so why not get back to it
1: absolutely so, uh, yeah I agree with that. And I'm I'm glad to be back. I never really had the pleasure of watching him on his original run, so it's okay. interesting for me to see the chemistry that he has with you as well as everybody else that he has worked with in the past. And I'm looking forward to seeing what's coming up with your character and 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 Austin on, on the show and what's going to happen there. Keep just in town, yeah. lady.
2: Yeah, I'm excited too. I I look forward to reading every script that's dropped in my room.
1: Absolutely. Christy Clark, everybody. Thanks All right. You stopping by
2: again. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Hope to talk yeah. to you soon.
1: Let's do it again. All right. Yeah. That was Christy Clark, everybody. You can catch her as Carrie Brady on Days of Our Lives weekdays on NBC and weeknights on Soapnet. Next up, we have Bob Bergen, who is the voice of Porky Pig in Cartoon Network's original series, The Looney Tunes Show, and. By request by the voiceover actor, my mom made a surprise visit into the show, and he actually wanted me to keep it in. I don't know. What do you guys think? Take a listen to Bob Bergen.
0: Hey, what's going on? How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing
1: very well. Thank you so much for stopping by here today. Oh, my
0: pleasure. So,
1: I'm hooked on the Looney Tunes show so let me start that off. By the way, uh, oh, you've guy, got brilliant taste. I, of course, I do. This is coming from a guy that grew up with Looney Tunes, and I actually think it's a great. What's the, what's the best way of putting it? I like the fact that it's somewhat centered for a more adult? adults. I guess I can, I guess I can say that.
0: Yeah, you yeah. can say that because you know what, like the original Looney Tunes were made for adults. They were never intended for children. You really? Oh, really? sure. Did. K- kids didn't get into the Looney Tunes until television popped up and they needed programming and they said, well, we got dozens of these shorts. That won't cost us much money. Let's broadcast those.
1: Yes. I never honestly thought of it like that. I, I honestly felt that it was pretty much centered around kids. You know, the shorts, when they- and especially when they show them in the movie theaters, these were around kids. Like, this is something that kids will watch. Not something that, you- I mean,
0: adults obviously love this stuff. But they never showed them in front of children's movies. They, all, they only they always showed them in front of adult movies.
1: You know that is a good point that you just made there. That is that is true. They never showed them in front of kids movies. They never did. But there was a lot of Disney kids movies back in, back then, more true. so than Warner Brothers. So exactly, I don't know. exactly, I mean, yeah. Maybe that maybe that's why. I'm going to dig dig more into that. For those of you who are listening to the show, this is Bob Bergen. He's the voice of Porky Pig on Cartoon Network's original, The Looney Tunes Show. And, you know, I, I'm on Twitter, I, me and my friend Matt Smith, and we just, like, talk about this show. It, it's absolutely hysterical. I love it.
0: Well, I have to tell you that uh, actors are no good without the writers, and the writing has been it, – it acts itself. And, you know, when I get my script usually about a day or two before a session, and I'm able to laugh out loud in my office reading it, um, it makes it exciting to want to go to the session.
1: You were and you were nominated for an Emmy for your role.
0: I was indeed, yeah.
1: That's a tremendous feat. I, I have to be quite honest with you. You were uh, you were up against with a lot of wonderful actors and actresses in this same category. You know, with um, Mary Alice Young, Christopher Plummer, also was sitting there, and Seth Green, and all. I mean, what was that feeling like when you saw that you basically got nominated for something that? You pretty much love doing
0: well here's how I found out I was nominated I'm up early in my studio working most mornings and you know he had the nominations announced but they don't not they don't announce voiceover they announce you know actors sporting comedy etc and they said the complete list is on our website so I went to the TV Academy website and the first category up was voiceover and I'm looking I'm going wait a minute that's that guy's got the same name as me I don't think you can do that in this business and I went no wait (laughs) I play Porky Pig too because I have oh that's me oh wait yeah oh. and then and then the phone started ringing and um it was it was very surreal because when you go into this business you kind of hope just to pay your bills and eat you don't expect any acknowledgement for what you do so um it was it was very humbling very it, it really is an honor to be nominated all that stuff and it was fun
1: hi mom my mom, hi, mom. just walks in. And everything she says hello <laughs> yeah you
0: gotta do something huh
1: yeah now now okay. it's all about timing mom yeah i know she's telling me she has to use it thankfully this is tapes by the way so this is not live
0: <laughs> oh keep mom keep mom on i like the realism
1: <laughs> keep her in here
0: here you go don't, don't 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 edit her out huh gotta have you know because you know if it weren't for mom you wouldn't be doing that
1: this is true I like that, I like that. So, so how did you, did you voice Porky Pig before the Looney Tunes show and like other shorts that came out in like the late '90s, early 2000s and all that stuff? Or yeah, I've been action? I've
0: been do, I've been doing porky for about 21 years. Um, first gig I did was Tiny Toons back in 1990, and um, you know I did Space Jam and Back in Action and Duck Dodgers and oh my gosh, various specials and toys and Six Flags parks. So. Um, you know, it, it may not seem like the Looney Tunes have been in the public eye as much in the last 20 years as you know other studios, but you know I've been very blessed. They've been very good to me.
1: Yeah, you, really, we haven't had really kind of a Looney Tunes type of, of show
0: for a long time since the The Duck Dodgers show. Yeah, that this was, is. Oh, it's, it's the first time I think they've had all of the Looney Tunes in one show, but it's the first time they've had a series with uh, any of the characters since Doug Dodgers.
1: Absolutely. And I kind of think that, especially coming after someone who was as tremendously talented as Mel Blanc, who did those voices back in the day when Luigi Tunes was definitely in the prime in, in the existence when it first started, and hearing the voices now that, that can com- completely... Somewhat sound it from that time frame. I I would sit there and be like, "That's that would be so difficult. I I don't even think I could be able to do something like that."
0: Well, I'll be the first to say that I don't think any of us come close to Mel. I mean, you know, he was a genius. Um, I do my best. People say to me all the time, "Do you do you do you try to do Mel Blank?" And no, I I try to do Porky Pig. Um, You know,
1: I don't think anybody can do Mel Blank. No, I agree. I agree. Or everybody can do. As you said, Porky Pig. I don't think anybody can do Mel Blanc. No, Mel and Blanc I don't. I don't think. Mel
0: I don't think anybody who does, who's done these characters since he passed away, have come close to his genius. But you know, my goal is just to keep the integrity of the character. Uh-huh. You know, try to try to. You know, the writers are very good, because they'll write something and I'll say, hey, I'm gonna do it as written. Can I try it a little bit more Porky esque, as far as I'm concerned. And they're they're always. Uh, whether they use it or not is their discretion, but they're always available to hearing it.
1: I think that's a very good assessment, because I think, for me specifically, when I watch this show, it, 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 at least it's keeping true to the Looney Tunes characters on there. Not even worrying about, is is the voice going to sound like this, a, a reincarnated of Mel Blanc's version. It's, just, it's true to what we have been known for, except that it's in the more funnier type situations that you see in everyday Life kind of a thing,
0: and they're putting you know, the characters in situations they've never done before. So as an actor, it gives you a chance to to play Porky Pig in a situation that Mel Blanc never did. I mean, Mel Blanc didn't have cell phones. Mel Blanc didn't have an answering machine. So they 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 put these characters in in modern day situations. But you know, there were there were critics out there before the show started that you know it's just a big old sitcom. Well, so was every Looney Tunes ever made. Every Looney Tunes some day, some episodes. It's a parody of Robin Hood. Some episodes, Porky Pig owned Sylvester. Some episodes, Sylvester and Tweety. So they're all situation comedies. They just, you know, were situation comedies based on the pop culture of that day.
1: Absolutely. And can you, looking looking at it as if you were, like, a fan, like, watching this as as this show, or even when you first, like, saw the scripts and, and got the background of what the show was going to be like, could you ever imagine seeing Doug's Bunny and Daffy Duck living together as roommates?
0: You know, it's funny because when when, I, when they were going over this whole sitcom uh, format, I was like, "Really? You think?" And then I look back and I'm like, "Well, Bugs and Daffy, you know, they're they're kind of traveling around looking for Miami Beach, and they end up with the abominable snowman. I mean, hey, they were kind of sort of roommates. We just never saw their living situation. Right? They're definitely the odd couple.
1: This is true." This is true. Because it's like they've, they've, they've had adventures together before, but we never got to see until now. Like, what is it like putting those two in the same room all the time?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've they've definitely co-starred together, but this is a whole different dynamic. And it gives the writers a chance to take their characters in a completely different direction than they've ever done before.
1: Absolutely. Now, how did you first become involved in doing voice-over work? Was it, was it to the point where somebody actually sat there and said to you flat out, you got a voice that should be heard everywhere kind of
0: a thing? No, I actually, I wanted to be Porky Pig. That was my goal when I was about five. Really? Yeah.
1: You had that, that aspiration of, at that young?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would watch cartoons, and my mom tells a story of how she would be in the kitchen Saturday morning, and I'd be in the living room, and she'd hear a cartoon, hear a line, and then she'd hear the line again, thinking it was weird that the cartoon would have that same line twice. And she would come in to see what was going on, and it was me making the cartoon. And so, um, you know, I said, I want to be Porky Pig. I want to be him, because I was able to figure out how he stuttered. I, there's a formula to it, and it was very simple for me to figure it out. So my grandmother got me a tape recorder, and I would start taping cartoons and memorizing them, and uh, I would get in trouble in school, doing you know, voices <laughs> in class, and... Um, when we moved to Los Angeles, my dad got a job here when I was fourteen. I just thought I'd call Mel Blank and say, If nobody's offered you a chance to retire, I'm more than happy to and um found him in the phone book under his wife's name and called him up and um I taped the conversation if you want to hear it, it's on my website. It's completely illegal. Don't do that at home kids. But um <laughs> You know, I just I was I was very I guess driven but also, you know, at fourteen didn't realize that what I was what I was attempting to do and what my long-term goals were weren't outrageous. I just figured, hey, whatever you want to do out of life, you just kind of go for it. So uh, I, I crashed a recording session. I watched him work and realized, well, he's still doing this. It's not going to be my job now. So I started studying voiceover and acting mm-hmm. and improv. And I got an agent Oh, we got out of high school and got my first cartoon about the same time. Wow. Yeah worked uh, off and on in the business for about five years until I was able to support myself as a voice actor. Mm -hmm. And Mel passed away in 89, and Warner Brothers held auditions, and I happened to have an agent, and I was working in the business. So uh, it was strategic. It was definitely a a business plan. But um, odds were against me, you know, living in the Midwest originally, uh, getting myself out here, being able to do it, and having, you know, a good enough agent who had the connections to get me into Warner Brothers, but... It worked out. <laughs> no complaints, no problems here. Very good.
1: Yeah. Obviously so. You had a lot of lot of recognition and a lot of um, accolades. That's the word. Accolades going um, pretty much advancing into your voiceover work. I mean, I, I, I read that you were pretty much invited to a reception at the White
0: House. Well, what happened was uh, First Lady Barbara Bush had a radio show called, I think, Mrs. Bush's Storytime which was part of her literacy program, and she would read stories to kids and always have a, a, either a cartoon character or a celebrity as a guest star. So I was asked if I wanted to participate in this doing Sylvester Jr. And I mm-hmm. said, sure, and I get to the studio, and they said, it's a, it's a, it's a charity thing, you're not going to get paid. And I thought, well, that's okay, I get to, I get to work with a first lady. And right. I get to the studio, and there's no first lady there. It's, um, she did her stuff in Washington. So I'm like, well that's a bummer, okay. And a few weeks later I get this very thick invitation to a reception at the White House in uh uh in appreciation for working on this this project, which I thought was a joke by the way, I thought it was a gag. <laughs> so when I called to I said, Yeah, I'm calling to R S V P for my reception at the White House and they're like, Okay, we need you to get fingerprinted and take to send that to Sacramento and I'm like, Oh, this is real. So cool. So I took my mom and uh we we had a great time. It was um, a whole bunch of other voice actors. It was Bugs Bunny and Winnie the Pooh and Mickey and Minnie Mouse, um, and, and it was it was you know again a, a an amazing event.
1: Oh man, I, I probably would have been like so nervous and sweating profusely if that ever happened to me. If if the opportunity ever presented itself, I I, I probably would I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I'd probably be stumbling and foaming at the mouth.
0: Well, I will tell you that um, I went to the restroom and I came back during the reception, and my mom goes, "Okay, why are you thicker than you walked in?" I said, "Mom, I'm I'm, I'm loaded every pocket with, with with presidential seal hand towels, so I'm going to give these out as souvenirs when we go home." And she said, "You can't do that." And I said, "Why not? They're they're hand towels. You're supposed to wash your hands with them." <laughs> I said, "Listen, my taxpayer money paid for these hand towels. I'm taking a few." <laughs>
1: Yeah, this I, it's just a souvenir from the White House. Well That's I didn't fine. take they I didn't take win. the silverware,
0: I just took hand towels.
1: Hand towels. It's not it's no yeah. Good thing.
0: Yeah.
1: It's not like it's the family silver or anything. That's right,
0: exactly. Exactly.
1: I it's funny. When I read the when you when I read your bio and I saw that you hosted Jeff and mm-hmm. I watched it as a kid, I just sit here I just sat here and I went Oh, man, that was him.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'll tell you you how I got that. Um, You know, I kind of sort of, I knew Jeopardy, but I'd never, like, memorized Jeopardy. So when I went, I went to, you know, several auditions. When I got the screen test, which was on the set of Jeopardy, and it was basically just hosting an episode of Jeopardy, um, one of the categories was famous cartoon characters. Mm -hmm. And so for every clue, I did the voice. And when it was all over, one of the producers came up to me and said, that was great. Have you ever thought of doing voiceover? <laughs> because 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 one one area of the business doesn't know that you do another area of the business. So they had no idea that I worked in, in voiceover or animation. Right. I, so don't I, think, told them, I told them that's my day job, voiceover.
1: And it's just like when you say that, did they go, oh, like that in that kind of tone?
0: No, they were actually very excited because I think that planted a seed in their head that they could put all kinds of really cool things that would require funny voices, and I could do it. So I think that pretty much nailed the job for me.
1: There you go. There you go. And you've done, you've done other other voiceover stuff, with Wall-E, Tangled, Horton, Here's a Who, which I still have not seen yet, by the way, folks. I need to. Um, that's probably the only animated... Film I've never watched was *Horton Hears a Who*. I never have.
0: It's actually kind of good, you know, and I'm picky, so it it's, it's a it's a really good film.
1: Maybe it's just coming from the guy that when he watched the, the *Dr. Seuss* thing and read the book of it, I was not a fan of it, and I don't think. It would not have stuck with me. I, I don't think well, it would Well,
0: it's probably because it bored you because you didn't care that they talked like this. You didn't care that they wore a dress. You didn't care here or there. I get it. You know, that's a little repetitive <laughs> and boring, and you want to see, you know, somebody saying get hit on the head with an anvil. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I get Is that,
1: that. Does that make me a bad person?
0: No, it makes you, no, not at all. <laughs> uh, it, 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 it makes you probably a very learned and interesting person.
1: Okay, good.
0: I I mean, let's be honest. Every parent made their kid watch Mr. Rogers, but no parent would let him babysit. No. No. That's
1: not. I can honestly tell you that when I watched Mr. Rogers, my mom specifically said that if there is a guy in our neighborhood that's just like this, if it's not him, even if it was
0: him, they're not allowed in the house. That's right. I don't care how much he's educating you and making you feel special. Nobody should feel that special.
1: <laughs> so, so help me out. Sure, Porky Pig, do the voice. Like how? How is there like a specific way you do the voice? It comes out naturally. Like like how does that happen? How does it just
0: function? <laughs> yeah, well, that well, well, it, it just comes out. I that I just start talking and me and make my mouth stutter and I I, I, I usually have a sprint, so I'm basically improvising now. Nice. I love it. So, you know, there's a pattern to the stutter. Every word has the same formula. And uh, the hard part is, you know, I I, I will tell brand new writers at Warner Brothers, and I've been doing this for 20 years, don't type the stutter into the script because I can't find what the story is if you do that.
1: I think it would make it more difficult if they did that because then if you read, if they put in the stutter itself, like you're going to stutter here, you're going to stutter there, It's like, so I have to memorize when to stutter, not whereas with you, it's like you know when to put the stutter in without having to think about it.
0: Yeah, it just has to feel organic.
1: It's more real that way.
0: Yeah, exactly, and it allows me to act. It allows me to perform the scene. So if they they put it in, and it's never on a word I'd stutter on. Um, Porky can stutter pretty much only on consonants, not vowels. Right, And, you know, if they're trying to go for a certain joke, uh, I'll work with them and I'll try to get the joke out. But, you know, nine out of ten times, like I remember when I did Space Jam, um, mm-hmm. there was some word that Porky couldn't stutter on. It was a vowel, and I forget which one it was. It may have been O or something. And I said to Ivan Reitman, who was directing the voices, Porky can't stutter on O. He goes, why not? I said, you try it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and he goes, oh. Yeah, I should say, exactly. Yeah, you can't do it.
1: I would not even attempt. And (laughs) one of the interesting things that I I do want to know about when you do the voiceovers for the cartoons is, do you record first and then they draw to your voice, or is that how that works? Uh,
0: No, you record the voices first. You record the voices first. Yeah, you record, I mean, for those people who saw Mrs. Doubtfire... In the opening scene where Robin Williams is doing funny voices to picture, that's not how it's done. That's no, not how no. it's, done. it's done. Yeah, you, you record the voices first, and they add the music and the sound effects. They send it over to the animators, and they draw it and uh, put the whole thing together. Now, you might work to picture. Uh, for instance, this Thursday, we're still, we're still finishing up a little bit of Season 1, um, and uh, I'm doing what's called ADR. Uh, which means I'm working the picture, sweetening up a few scenes that they weren't happy with. Maybe the, the they decided there was a funnier joke or they didn't like the way it re- was recorded. My performance wasn't what they wanted, whatever. So I'm going to go in and spend about an hour on a few episodes just sweetening it, but I have to match sync. So right. I, wear, I wear headphones. I watch the film. And you know, porky sinking, porky stutters, not easy. <laughs> that you know, it's it's, a, it's really easy to to talk without the picture, but when you're stuttering the picture, it's 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 a challenge. So uh, it takes a little time.
1: Yeah, I I kind of was wondering that because I I've seen some, as you said, with that right there. That's initially why I thought of that because yeah, mouthing to picture, not doing the voice first, and then they do. The drawings to match your voice, so it's kind of it's kind of interesting. That was a very that was a very good uh, that was a very good synopsis of that.
0: So I never would have
1: thought of that until you just told me. So and there you, you go.
0: Know, if it's if it's an if it's a Japanese dub dub movie, an anime film, then you are watching the picture.
1: You have to to match to match right. that to match that because I would always think of Japanese movies and everything, the live-action ones where they do the dub, the English dub and you just completely just finish, and they're still mouthing the words.
0: Oh, yeah. Or, <laughs> or, or the mouth flap goes once, and the dialogue underneath says, can you help me? I'm stuck with a flat tire. And you're like, how are you going to fit that in just one mouth flap? But whatever they said in Japanese is translated into, can you help me? I'm stuck with a flat tire.
1: <laughs> I couldn't do it.
0: Or I mean, they'll do multiple flaps where the, where the translation is, Hi. Like, oh, come on, there's got to be more than just hi. There's be- got to be more than just hello. Yeah. Hi. Hello, how are you? Good to see you. Something like that. But it's just, and it's just like this long,
1: this long transistor radio word, and then it's just like, really? That's it? Yeah. Just two letters? Right. And it continues on for like five seconds? Right. <laughs> Doesn't that just annoy you a little bit? A little bit? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. I thought so. I thought so. So there's still more episodes of season one that we still have not seen
0: yet. I thought season. Yeah, one. I think they're a little more than halfway through airing season one. Okay, very good. And it airs every Tuesday. Every Tuesday, right? Tuesday at I think I it depends on where you live, but I think it's eight o'clock here in LA. I think
1: it's eight, I think it's eight everywhere.
0: Oh, okay, as far cool. As I'm aware. All right.
1: Well, there you go. Eight o'clock every Tuesdays on Cartoon Network, and. You gotta watch the show. They re air it all the time. So if you if you miss it, you can pretty much look at your T V guide. It's gonna be on every day of the week. There so you go. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> I had fun. I liked talking to you. Oh That's my pleasure, me too. Said that. And you have got to come here again. Uh anytime. Let me know. I definitely will. That was our show, everybody. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Many thanks to Christy Clark and Bob Bergen for spending a few minutes with me and giving me what's going on on their respective shows. Now, if you missed any of this program, as well as any of the programs that we had, you can always download our shows at www.buzzworthyradio.net as well as blogtalkradio.com slash buzzworthyradio and on iTunes. We keep forgetting to mention about iTunes, but we do have an iTunes account where you can download our shows from there as well. But that's going to wrap it up for me. Thank you so much, you guys, for tuning into the show. We're going to be back on. Are we back on next week or the week after? I think it's the week after. Double check that. Double check that. Yes. The week after next, we'll be back on with Anniversary Week shows Patrick Muldoon, Daniel Goddard, Melody Thomas Scott. Those are just one of the few names that's going to be popping up on Anniversary Week. So stay tuned. We'll get some dates for you and some times for you when that's going down. Follow me on Twitter at Buzzworthy Radio. Thank you, guys. I'm the J. Lee, making sure you get the latest buzz with Buzzworthy Radio. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Take care.
0: Can't get enough of Buzzworthy Radio. Lock on now to www.buzzworthyradio.net to get the latest news on upcoming guests, past shows, and videos of all your favorite stars. Keep getting the latest buzz
1: with Buzzworthy